You're listening to the Open Home Podcast, presented by City Church Coventry. The title of this series is Favourite Books of the Bible. Hello wonderful people, welcome to the Open Home Podcast. I'm your host Adam Kibble, I'm joined today by my wonderful co-host Paula. Hello. And we have a special treat for you today because we have the magnificent, the mighty, the awesome Tony Ling. Tony, say hi. Hello, everybody. Uh, Tony has been with uh, Ministries Without Borders and what was what's the name of the original? It was Harvest Har- Time. Harvest Time. Uh, he's been with the church for around 30 years, right back when uh, Bryn Jones kicked off. Um, but he's been reading scripture and um, kind of furthering the kingdom for about 50, 50 years, 50 years yeah. now. Yeah. So we've landed on Judges 4 and 5 today. Um but we're just going to have a read through. So Paul, if you want to kick off with chapter four. Okay, this is Judges chapter four. After Ehud died, the Israelites once again did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harasheth Hegohim. Because he had 900 iron chariots, and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at this time. She held court under the palm of Deborah, between Raham and Bethel, in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites came to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abaddon, from Kedesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go! Take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishadun River and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Certainly I will go with you, said Deborah. But because of the course you are taking... The honour will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Caesarea into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. There Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 men went up under his command. Deborah also went up with him. Now Heber the Kenite had left the other Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' brother-in-law, and pitched his tent by the great tree in Zanananen, near Kadesh. When they told Syria that Barak, son of Abaddon, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Syria summoned from Habadesh, Hagabari, to the Kishon River, all his men and his 900 chariots fitted with iron. Then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Syria into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. At Barak's advance, the Lord routed Caesarea and all his chariots and army by the sword. And Caesarea got down from his chariot and fled on foot. Barak pursued the chariots and army as far as Haragash, and all Caesarea's troops fell by the sword. Not a man left. Caesarea, meanwhile, fled on foot to the tent of Jal, wife of Heber the Kenite. Because there was an alliance between Jabin king of Hazar 
and the family of Keber the Kenite, Jar went out to meet Caesarea and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in, don't be afraid. So he entered her tent, and she covered him with a blanket. I am thirsty, he said, please give me some water. She opened a skid of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone in there? Say no. But Jal, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer and quickly went to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground and he died. Just then Barak came by in pursuit of Caesarea and Jal went out to meet him. Come, she said, I will show you the man you are looking for. So he went in with her and there lay Caesarea with the tent peg through his temple. On that day, God subdued Jabin king of Canaan before the Israelites, and the hand of the Israelites pressed harder and harder against Jabin king of Canaan until they destroyed him. And then this is chapter 5, the song of Deborah. On that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Abinoam, sang this song. When the princes in Israel take a lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. Hear this, you kings. Listen, you rulers. I will sing to the Lord. I will sing. I will make music to the Lord, the God of Israel. O Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the land of Edom, the earth shook, the heavens poured, the clouds poured down water, the mountains quaked before the Lord, the one of Sinai, before the Lord, the God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the roads were abandoned. Travellers took to winding paths. Village life in Israel ceased, ceased until I, Deborah, arose, a mother in Israel. When they chose new gods, war came to the city gates not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. My heart is with the princes of Israel, with the willing volunteers among the people. Praise the Lord. You who ride on white donkeys, sitting on your saddle blankets, and you who walk along the road, consider the voice of the singers at the watering places. They recite the righteous acts of the Lord, the righteous acts of his warriors in Israel. Then the people of the Lord went down to the city gates. Wake up, wake up, Deborah. Wake up, wake up. Break out into song. Arise, Barak. Take captive your captives, son of Abaddon. The remnants of nobles came down. The people of the Lord came down to me against the mighty. Some came from Ephraim, whose roots were in Amalek. Benjamin was with the people who followed you. From Machir, captains came down. From Zebulun, those who bear a commander's staff. The princes of Issachar were with Deborah. Yes, Issachar was with Barak, sent under his command into the valley. In the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heat. Why did you stay amongst the sheep pens? to hear the whistling from the flocks. 
In the district of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. And Dan, why did he linger by the ships? Asher remained on the coast and stayed in his coves. The people of Zebulun risked their very lives. So did Naphtali on the Terence field. So did Naphtali on the terraced field. Kings came, they fought. Kings of Canaan fought at Tarnak by the waters of Medidu. They took no plunder of silver. From their courses they fought against Assyria. The river Kishon swept them away. The age-old river, the river Kishon. March on, my soul, be strong. Then thundered the horse's hooves, galloping and galloping go his mighty steeds. Curse Mezor, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its people bitterly, because they do not come to help the Lord, to help the Lord against the mighty. Most blessed of women by Yal, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Most blessed of tent-dwelling women. He asked for water, and she gave him milk. In a bowl fit for nobles, she brought him curdled milk. Her hand reached for the tent peg, her right hand for the woman's hammer. She struck Sisera, she crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. At her feet he sank, he fell. There he lay. At her feet he sank and fell, and where he sank, there he fell, dead. Through the window peered Sisera's mother. Behind the lattice she cried out, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why is the clatter of his chariot delayed? The wisest of her ladies answered her. Indeed, she keeps saying to herself, Are they not finding and dividing the spoils, a girl or two for each man, colourful garments as plunder for Sisera, colourful garments embroidered for my neck, all this as plunder? So may all your enemies perish, O Lord. But may those who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Then the land had peace 40 years. Awesome. Thanks, Tony. Um, I think my favourite verse out of that, to be honest, in chapter 5 is 24, where it says, Most blessed of tent-dwelling women. <laughs> and I'm just like, of all the people in this tent who are dwelling in this tent, you are the most blessed out of it. It's great. It's, it's just a really elaborate way of kind of saying you were there at the right place at the right time yeah. uh, for God's purpose. It's really cool. Um, so it's a really interesting couple of chapters because chapter, chapter five essentially says what chapter four, um, what chapter four kind of tells, but just in a more elaborate way. Yes. Um, what's, what's, uh, why did you kind of pick out uh, these two chapters today? Well, for for a number of reasons. <clears throat> the first, as you've noted, is that the chapter four is is a fairly straightforward telling of the history, mm. and chapter five is a song. Um, it's a poem, and it's a song of praise and thanksgiving and rejoicing mm. for the victory that God had given His people, and in that song we discover more things than we did just in the history. Mm. And so one, the first thing it does for me is it highlights the importance of praise and worship. Mm. That when we come to God with thanksgiving, when we come with praise and worship for whatever he's done, we begin to see more than we realized mm. that had ha actually happened 
and uh, the whole point of, of of worship and praise is that it has this incredible revelatory aspect to it. Mm. Uh, it opens our eyes to see more, and um, I, I, it helped me early on to see the importance of of worship with God because it it's not just me giving to God; it's God giving to me fresh revelations, mm. insights, and understandings. That's really interesting. Uh, it's quite a gruesome story by the end of it, really. It's kind of known as one of those uh, uh, all-time kind of big battles, but then you've got the bit at the end with kind of Deborah. Um, oh, it's not Deborah. Who's who's the person? JL. JL at the end, kind of with the tent peg going through her yes. temple and everything like that. But it's it's an amazing story, isn't it? Because uh, even uh, Deborah gets the word from God right at the beginning, says... Um, the enemy will be delivered into the hands of a woman, quite literally. Yes. Uh, and it's it's just amazing. Like, I just find that amazing kind of how literal God is with that word at yeah. the same time. But I, th- I think it's very important that, that the two main characters in the, the this story are, are women. Mm. And I think it, it displays how God, you know, is very willing and happy to use women. Um, sometimes we dismiss the woman of, uh, or have done down through, through history as, as, you know, observers or, you know, keepers of home. Mm. Mm-hmm. But here they are involved in the thick of the battle. And I think it helps us understand the role that God has for women mm. yeah. uh, in his kingdom. Yeah, that's good. And it's not, it's, they're not two chapters that traditionally people would go to for their favourite um, when you ask some of their, their favourite books of the Bible, what are some uh, revelations that you've seen in this chapter? What what makes it your favourite? Well, for me, it's actually bursting with revelation. Mm-hmm. That's why I like it so much. I, I did struggle when you asked me my favourite part because yeah. I could have gone almost <laughs> anywhere. Um, but this is the one that, that I think really helped me to understand the consistency of Scripture and how God's ultimate purpose is revealed in part, in glimpses, in stories, all the way through the Bible. Mm. And uh, there are a number of things here. First of all, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to try not to preach here. This is a big temptation. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, the two it's two women. Mm. And right back at uh, the fall of man, God said to Satan, I will put enmity between you and the woman. And um, and it's the woman's seed who's going to do the, the deal. But the enmity is between Satan and the woman. And um, I think it emphasizes that, that, that the enemy is here against Sisera, the invader, against Sisera, the, the, the oppressor, are two women. And also it's the, the idea that the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head. Hmm which Jael does literally for Sisera. She crushes his head, runs a tent peg through his temple. And so it has that, that, that original kind of concept and idea. Mm. The other thing I like is that both of these women are identified with trees. Deborah takes court under the palm of Zebra, uh, Deborah. Jael uh, is camping under the, by the great tree. Mm. And that takes me way back to, to, to Genesis, where uh, Adam and Eve 
fellowship with God under trees. They were in a garden. Mm-hmm. And so when they fellowship with God, it was under, it was under trees. Mm-hmm. And meeting God under trees and the importance of trees is a theme that runs all the way through scripture as well. Mm-hmm. So we've got those, we've got those ideas. Then the, the very names of these women, I think, are important. The name Deborah means bee. And the name Jael is not quite so easily to translate, but, but I think probably the closest we come to it is mountain goat. And so from a bee, you get honey. And from a goat, you get milk. And Jael actually brings sister yeah, milk. He does, he? And they're in a land that God had told them will be flowing with milk and honey. And so, in, in a sense, they, they're representing the land itself. But it's not the land that God told them to go in and take uh, because the, the, the nation had compromised itself. Uh, and so they're under pressure. But, but he's still uh, the God who wants his people to live in a land flowing with milk and honey. Mm. So it's the women of milk and honey who deliver mm. um, the, the people from the overbearing power of Sisera. Uh, it's interesting that in the Song of Songs, which is also, which is also a song, obviously, mm. and uh, has a, as one of its main characters a woman, um, that the lover says of his beloved, milk and honey are under her tongue. Um, it's like she speaks the language of Canaan. Mm. And there's a sense in which, which the church has come into Canaan. Mm. All those things, to me, uh, have, have a lot to do with I could go on there's lots of other things yeah. I see here in this scripture that I that, that I, like, I love unfolding and, and, and showing people where where it fits with other great um, parts of the scripture That's really, I really I love I've never noticed that about the honey the milk and honey and I always thought that a very just literal thing that, that was always promised to the people of Israel going into the land but when you say there's a natural physical representation of he these two women are milk and honey. That's just that's like oh yeah that's God kind of mm-hmm. pre-planning that and kind of like yep yeah, I really I love that kind of revelation. I'd love to I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on because you were saying like the second chapter of it uh, uh, the fifth chapter is all about kind of worship yes and their response to that how for for us today how can we kind of take that lesson of how to kind of respond and worship when God has done something. Like, obviously, we're not kind of going into those sort of uh, physical battles as we are today. But is there a kind of other lessons to kind of learn yeah. out of that, would you say? I think I think we should be far more, um, far more uninhibited when God has done something good for us. You know, it's great to hear testimony. Mm. It's great to hear folk come and say, you know, God has done this for me. I would like us sometimes, particularly when it's something extraordinary which 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 we often hear that, that god has done for people like a healing i said i'd like some spont i'd love to hear some spontaneous singing you know um and folk just 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 shaking off you know the uh the hindrances of, mm-hmm. of, of being totally released in the presence of god mm-hmm. and uh and and uh, some music and and, and song accompanied you know, when the prodigal son comes home, uh, the older brother 
drawers near the house. He says, what's all this music going on here? Mm. And I said, well, your, your brother's came home. You know, we thought he was dead and now he's alive. And we're having a party, mm. you know, and there's this great celebration going on. And I think when we, we begin to celebrate like that, um, I, I think God responds. God, God, God really, you know, there is the, the angels rejoice in heaven mm. over one sinner who repents. And I think sometimes we, we just say amen and praise God and clap when something quite extraordinary has happened. Mm. And we should, be, we should just be letting, letting loose mm. in uh, thanksgiving. Yeah, that's great. So using the power of those testimonies to kind of just go, like, release the spirit within yeah. us to kind of take over. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember um, it was a few months ago, just, I think it was the first Sunday after after Christmas into the new year. And the theme of it was just for everyone to bring a testimony over the last year. Yeah. And so we, we left 20, 30 minutes for people just to bring that. And then we, we, we kind of went into worship after that. And that response was, that has, that's probably been one of my, my favourite times of worship mm-hmm. this year, mm-hmm. just in terms of uh, everyone's like, yeah, God has done so much great stuff. And it's and it's, it's really tempting for us to come into a place of worship and be uh, almost in a, in a state of mind of, uh, oh God, I need a bit of fixing. I've had a long week. Uh, I, need a, I, need a fi- I need a God fix up. But actually to come and hear a testimony of God is still good, and he always is good and to let that kind of take control that that kind of be the leading place in worship is so more powerful than kind of like doing the whole uh wish list for god god basically um i love that that's really cool and i love that us us sitting down together and discussing what these books mean brings that new revelation of it gives us an another uh, way to think about worship that I wouldn't have picked up sitting and mm. reading it by myself but the the gift of God when we come together is that we get to encourage each other with what you've seen and what what Adam's sure. seen mm. and um it brings new revelation and hearing those things about the bees and the mountain goats like the the beautiful little treasures that are hidden in a book that you could once maybe overlook mm. I guess but I love I love hearing the way God hides things for us to discover and it's so exciting and so it, I love the way it links to other things and he's um, he's a God who wants us to discover that in yeah. his word and I've loved, as part of getting sitting down and discussing what someone else's favourite book is, I've learned so much. Yeah. I, think, I think one of the great things um, about the scripture is when you, you know, when, when you become not just a reader, but, but, but someone who wants to see more, you know, yeah. mm. the, the psalmist said, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things from your law. Well, the law's written down. You just read it. I mean, it's there. There's, you know, but, but he said, when I, when I read it, I want my eyes open to see wonderful things. Mm. So it's like, there's something more in this mm-hmm. yeah. um, than just reading it. Mm. And I think the scripture is like that without becoming too mystical. I think there, you know, that there are things in the scripture um, that God, God is a, God is an artist as well as an author. Mm-hmm. So what he writes, also he he paints, mm. and there are pictures sometimes that we miss because we're just taken with the actual words. I think people's names, I think geographical locations. All those things add to the revelation mm. that God wants us to see. 
And um, so those that's where really, when I first began to see some of those connections, not necessarily here in Judges, but in other parts of the Bible, when I began to see those, it gave me a, an intense appetite for the scriptures. Mm. You know, I, I came expecting every time to be an adventure, to be a discovery. Yeah. Um, and uh, most mostly I've found that down through the years. Mm. It, does, it takes away, the, dare I say it, the chore of re yeah. having to read yeah. the Bible into, into a, again, dare I say it, fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I to yeah, I totally agree with you. I love judges just because it it's it's told as a story. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um I'm I'm big on kind of uh historical kind of books and historical fiction. And so when I read books and stories like Samson and kind of hearing about his kind of superhuman strength and those and I'm, I'm a I'm a big kind of Marvel fan and everything like that. <laughs> and I hear about this stuff, I'm like, ah, oh, this is this is real stuff and it, it gets me excited of like this is this is the power of the spirit of God yes. that's in the world today, um, but just it just kind of it, it it gets me going in that sense, and I kind of feel like oh yeah, this is what these are these are the men of God that He kind of chose and poured His spirit out on in a time where that wasn't such a common thing. Yeah. Uh, whereas now it's like we have complete access to that, um, so it just makes me think what's possible nowadays. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I love I love reading Judges for that reason yeah um, i don't even mind it's, at all it, no. it is one of my favorite books which, yeah. which sounds kind of odd really. yeah um but like like you speak about samson it shows that god will even use a faulted person yeah mm. absolutely to, to you know to further his purpose mm. and i think that's quite encouraging mm. <laughs> yeah that's the one thing i read from samson is that yeah here's a guy that is literally put as judge over israel and he's just messing up time and time again yeah. and he even knows that uh, it's Delilah, isn't it? Yes. Uh, um, Delilah is basically conning him throughout the whole time, and just he 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 knows it, and it, he lets it happen at the same time. But still, right, even right at the end, like God still uses him in those last moments. Yeah. And to that, it's like God's grace is so su sufficient. Uh, Absolutely, and it's, it's just amazing. We've talked about. I guess we talked about um, the the importance of worship that you brought out from this verse. Are there some other practical implications from your revelation from this book that have changed the way you interact with God or that practically apply to your, your life daily? The, 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 I guess there are many. Um, one of the things um, that I find extremely encouraging is that when Jael uh, crushes Sisera's head, uh, it's with a tent peg and a workman's hammer. <laughs> you know, she doesn't beat him to death with a Bible. Mm. Um, and I think it, it tells us that, you know, we can get victories in the everyday things of life. Yeah. Objects, you know, you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be yeah. a teacher. Mm. Uh, you don't have to be some great uh, uh, Christian leader. Mm. You know, there's, if I can put it this way, there's, 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 there's always a weapon of warfare within reach of you yeah, to gain a victory. And um, I think that's important for, for folk to know, you know, because sometimes we, we think it's only if you, you know, if you've only got a title 
or if you're some respected ministry mm. that you can do anything but here's a woman she's nobody you know until now mm. when she takes hold of a hammer and a tent peg mm. and and gains this great victory and became becomes the most blessed of women mm. a title that is later of course given to mary mm. uh, most blessed are you among women uh, and it's this this ordinariness I think that 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 I find very encouraging. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, I think the thing that the thing that you said that really that kind of floored me that I'm going to immediately write down <laughs> is um, that God. I loved what you said that God is an artist, not just an author. And it's of course I love the Bible, but it's given me already like a new excitement for getting ready to look at what God is doing artistically as in the bible when i read it it's it's allowed me to have and given me permission to have new eyes when i read the bible and i've loved i've loved picking that out from what we've said yeah, yeah. well i think i think it's david in psalm 19 says the heavens declare the glory of the lord mm-hmm. you can't hear it but you can see it you know there's a, there's mm-hmm. a he's painted a picture of his glory in the skies yeah and um how paul in romans 1 says the invisible things, you know, the, uh, the, the invisible attributes of God are seen through what he's made. Mm-hmm. And so there is this whole thing that the, the, the whole earth, if you like, is a picture that speaks to us of God. Mm-hmm. And um, the same is true in the Bible. We look there and we see pictures emerge. You know, when, when, um, when you were kids, you used to have those dot-to-dot books you know yeah. and a picture would emerge out of it the bible is a bit like that if you join the dots you know that but when you read you think that reminds me of a, a that, just like a verse somewhere else and you, you you go there and then that reminds you of another one <laughs> and you you join the dots and you've got a picture yeah you know and that's why we you know we, we god opens our eyes to see things not just our ears mm. and uh, it's it's very important yeah. that we see this 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 tapestry that God has woven from Genesis to Revelation uh, that is consistent, that, that everything, you know, joins together mm-hmm. to create an ultimate picture of the eternal purpose of God. Great, yeah. Thanks for sharing your thoughts, Tony. It's yeah. been great to, to hear more about judges today. You're very welcome. Thank you for inviting us into your home. Again, very uh, welcome. And also, for our viewers... Uh, Tony didn't tell us until we realised today, but the day of this uh, podcast recording is his birthday. <laughs> so if you want to send him a belated comment wishing him a happy birthday, you're more than welcome to and send your best wishes. But uh, thanks for having us around on your birthday, Tony. <laughs> Thank you for um, coming, guys. And uh, I hope you enjoy your dinner with family later. I'm planning to enjoy it enormously. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. See you next time. For more podcasts and videos, follow us on our Facebook and Instagram or go to citychurch.org.